Hey folks, before we get into this week's episode, I want to remind everyone that we are now partners with Cog Hill Golf and Country Club right here on the Lamont, Illinois, Palos Park border. It is a great spot for public golf. And of course, you know what Cog Hill is. You know that past location where the BMW Championship, Western Open, all sorts of great tournaments. I think Tiger still has the course record at Dubs Dread, actually. We're going to partner with them throughout the rest of the season. You're going to see a lot of great content regarding not only public golf, but a lot of the fantastic things that they got going on over at Cog Hill. So stay tuned, and we're so happy to welcome them on as a partner. We're also brought to you by our friends over at WorldwideGolfShops.com. If you need to pick something up for this golf season, whether it be new equipment, accessories, apparel, training aids, anything at all, go out to WorldwideGolfShops.com and they've got you covered. And of course, we can't forget our friends over at Cleveland, Srixon, Zegzio, and Asics Golf. Got their equipment in my bag, got their shoes on my feet, been playing a little bit better, kind of goes up and down these days. So if you've been following us over at the website, you know exactly what I'm talking about. But their equipment is absolutely the best out there. And be sure to check out all the great new things from Cleveland's Rickson, Sexio, and Asics. You're listening to the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, your source for in-depth interviews with the biggest names, brands, and personalities in golf. Our mission, to keep you informed and help you enjoy the game even more. And now, the owner and host of the Golf Unfiltered Podcast, Adam Fonseca. Welcome back, everyone, to the show. This is the Golf Unfiltered Podcast. You can follow me all over social media at Golf Unfiltered, and you can send me an email, adam at golfunfiltered.com. Folks, uh, we are brought to you and powered by secondcitygolf.com. You know that's the collective that I do with my buddy over at drivingrangeheroes.com, Bill Bush, and Chris McEwen, who is the host of the outstanding Golf Origin Stories podcast, as well as the co-host, along with Bill, of That Range Life, a show sometimes about golf, appearing on Chris McEwen's YouTube channel. He just surpassed 500 uh, followers. Thanks, everyone, for helping him out on that. And go out to secondcitygolf.com today to uh, pick up some merch. We got some fun stuff out there. A few friends of mine actually just bought a bunch of stuff, and that's always a, that's always a great thing to see. This week, folks, we welcome on Mr. Robert Jones Black. And if the uh, first two names and his three names sound familiar, that's because he's the uh, great-grandson of Bobby Jones. Uh, when he originally reached out and his team reached out to, uh, to come on the show, uh, wasn't really sure of the, the topic that we wanted to discuss, but as I learned more about what Robert has, uh, brewing, uh, including the generation next project, I was just blown away by the fact that somebody's addressing this situation. And, and what I mean by that, and I don't want to spoil anything from the interview, but we've all just lived through I would say the most challenging time in any of our lives. I don't want to be too, uh, I don't want to throw a, too wide of a blanket over that, but there's just, I see it all the time. I, you know, with, with friends of mine who have young kids who, um, you know, family members, uh, even, you know, young cousins, for example, they, just the way that their socialization has changed amid the pandemic, you know, being constantly, uh, you know, attached to their cell phones, to their devices, Oftentimes, you know, they're being handed devices almost as a babysitter in some instances. Uh, and, you know, it's it's a it's an issue. And uh, today's guest, Robert uh, Jones Black, he, he talks a lot about not only how being inside in isolation, away from sports, away from schools has impacted children's uh, emotional intelligence. And it has certainly impacted their uh, societal intelligence and interaction 
and how together with their partners, the Generation Next project is addressing this head on. Um, just a, a quick caveat and preface, so to speak. Uh, Robert does share a very emotional story uh, that may trigger some additional emotions from those who are listening uh, pertaining to suicide. And it's an important story because not only did it drive what Robert is currently doing right now uh, through the eyes of what his friend experienced, but it also speaks to, I think, at a fundamental level, how these times in which we're living certainly has everlasting impacts or could have everlasting impacts on our youngest family members, friends. And it's incredible to think and, and identify with the parallels that an individual game like golf, individual sport, has to life. And we've always heard that. We've heard that a million times. But I don't think anyone has put it so succinctly or as succinctly as, as Robert does in today's interview. So sit back and relax. I hope you enjoy this conversation with Robert Jones Black. All right. Welcome back, everyone. And hello to all of our viewers in YouTube land. Welcome back to the show. As we mentioned in the intro, uh, and I also noticed that when our YouTube videos start, I always start them that way. Be sure to go out and listen to us on the podcast format as well to hear a little bit more background of today's guest, uh, Mr. Robert Jones Black. He is the uh, great grandson of a very, very famous golfer that you might know. But Robert, I'm sure we're going to touch on that in a little bit. Thanks so much for joining us. Uh, absolutely, Adam. Thank you. And uh, look forward to having a little chat with you. And uh, this is awesome. Thank you so much. We love to have you. And I am so excited to talk about the topic we're going to because I think it's something that we've touched on on this podcast a few times. Listeners will know right away. Uh, we're talking about the Generation Next project. We'll get into those details. But let's just uh, let our, our listeners and our viewers know a little bit about who you're related to in, in the golf world. Yeah, absolutely. So I'm the great grandson of Bobby Jones. Uh, my dad is, uh, it kind of comes from his side of the family. So my dad's the grandson. His mom was Bobby Jones first born. Uh, so my grandmother, Clara, and, uh, we moved up to, or had this, uh, this, this, I guess this side or lineage of Bobby Jones get into the Greensboro, North Carolina area. Uh, my grandfather, uh, when he married Clara, uh, they moved up to Greensboro so he could start a Cadillac franchise. So the car <laughs> business got us up to Greensboro, but we still have a good contingency in Atlanta. Uh, we got some folks in Tennessee and then here in Greensboro. Excellent. Excellent. Well, I could only imagine just the connection that you've had with golf over the years. And uh, you've also been quite the entrepreneur and businessman, I understand. Yes. I, I, I tell people, uh, let's say we're at 2021 now. I graduated uh, college in 1999 and actually I was a soccer player. So my golf game suffered greatly not <laughs> spending those in incredibly critical youth years of development. Instead, we're on a soccer field, but I ended up playing uh, uh, and play as a loose term, uh, but on the team of the Appalachian State men's soccer program. Um, graduated in 99. Uh, already, as you can tell, just uh, always had a fascination for sports. And I've been in sports marketing or entertainment marketing. Uh, and uh, in this 1999 to 2021, all but four years, uh, I've been on my own doing my own thing. So uh, the entrepreneurial spirit and uh, had to tap into it big time to get this going. 
And speaking of that, the thing that you got going is the Generation Next project. And my understanding, based on what we were talking about before we got going here, uh, it actually, if I have this right, it actually kind of came from not only a personal element that you know of uh, from a, a close acquaintance, but also from aspects of your, your previous uh, career, so to speak. Yes. Yeah, so during the time of COVID and in, uh, in actually 2018, uh, I, I started a business in 2016 where we focused on legacy branding. And I got that from working with my family and working on the Bobby Jones brand and expanding the portfolio of the brand a little bit, uh, working on the philanthropic side where we partnered the Bobby Jones name uh, with uh, the Chiari Syringa Myelia Foundation. Syringa Myelia is the neurological disorder that uh, Bobby Jones was uh, diagnosed with in his 40s and uh, you know consumed the last 25 years of his life. Uh, but I, I, the legacy branding was really just kind of focused on taking icons and trying to create a commercial and uh, philanthropic uh, path for the legacies to be able to transition to the next generation. So I was able to sign a Vander Holyfield hmm. in 2018 and working with a Vander and, uh, and on February 22nd of last year, we launched the Vander Holyfield Foundation on the eve of the Tyson Fury uh, uh, Wilder fight. Mm -hmm. And if you think about that time frame, that was when the bubbling of this pandemic potential was, was really cruising. And I think everybody kind of looks at that March 10th, 13th, somewhere around there right. where sports stopped. Mm -hmm. So we made this announcement uh, just a couple weeks prior to that happening and circled up with Evander and his crew it's like, all right, we have nothing to do right now than to just focus on the foundation. Let's start a movement. Uh, we created a Unite for Our Fight, mm -hmm. and that was addressing, to me at the time, kind of an unknown, already problematic uh, area with child development where there is some pretty big gaps being created for social and emotional development. So we started Unite for Our Fight because we were being told by the experts we were talking to, there is a tsunami coming with this. If we shut schools down, how mm -hmm. this is going to further affect youth development. So we were right in the middle of that when uh, we ended up um, becoming uh, kind of ground zero in story number one of the negative effects of covid accompanied with mental health with kids. Yeah. And, and that's something that's been a hot topic, of course, over the last 14 months or so at the time of this recording, uh, certainly the element of, you know, or, and the development of, of young kids and teens and even young adults to a degree. I mean, heck, I, I can even think not to compare myself to those age groups, but I mean, I'm, I'm near 40 and I know that I feel differently when I'm not interacting with others, even in my day job, so to speak. And so I'd imagine that, that is even emphasized even more uh, among those those very sensitive age, age groups. Absolutely. Absolutely. Uh, we look at it internally. We've created something and we'll come out more publicly with it as we go along called a gig uh, generation impact groups where we look at zero to 10, 11 to 20 and 21 to 30. And we look at how they are impacted at each one of those age groups with uh, technology and uh, and results of the pandemic and everything, but then also how they can be an impact tour. Uh, and, and so when you talk about how even a seven-year-old can make some sort of adjustment or change, but at the end of the day, 
It's still, you know, it's, it's parents trying to relearn how to raise kids. And that's the one thing we're not going to do is say we have it right. We don't know, but we're on the journey to find out what are the best instruments and tools to really help kids evolve with this technology, 24 hour access, communication and all of that. Yeah. So um, for sure. It's, it's an overwhelming time to live, I think would be fair to say. Uh, and we had Very. talked even about prior to hitting the record button. Now I was making sure that all my devices were either muted or in the right place so that I can keep <laughs> track of just doing what, what we're doing right now and having this conversation, which in retrospect is a little bit it's a little bit weird if we think about it. You know, I would much rather be having this conversation with you face to face. But to your point, and I think, and let me know if this is really what um, Generation Next, uh, the project also touches on, because I know the headline is, it helps to build the business leaders and innovators of tomorrow. They have to learn all of these tools to your point that you just rose. Yeah, I, I think that's the big thing we're seeing that uh, across the board and teachers can talk about it, parents can talk about it, that there's there's enough disruption happening uh, like the way I like to think about it, I'm, I'm, I'll age myself. I'm almost 46, uh, turn 46 next month. So when I grew up, uh, and anybody grows up in the 20th century, um, you go to school and when the school bell rings at the end of the day, uh, you go home and kind of social life ends, like it ends right there and it picks up in the next morning. So the negative things that happen in a youth's social life and social development tended to happen in that time. And then to your point in person, now there is no off button for these guys. Hmm. Um, it is always on. They always have access to it. They always have access to their friends, good, bad, or indifferent. They have access to information that we as parents might not necessarily want them or are they ready to be able to consume, but they're consuming it. And so we have to relearn and kind of understand what are the guidelines to help them? Because, yeah, if if you look at what business leaders and successful people and uh, communities or whatever, I mean, that trait is the ability to handle emotions, handle adversity, handle happiness and, you know, not going over the top with how happy you are about a successful piece, but not being overly consumed with sadness when something tragic happens. And then the big middle piece there, the adversity. Um, so there is a, a compelling amount of stories that we've seen that are showing this is getting significantly underdeveloped so that when uh, my son is six, that I, you know, by theory, mm. when he's in his twenties, he's going to have a much more difficult time handling these very simple emotional functions. Um, and so we just got to figure out a new way to, uh, to talk about that and, and learn how the new way to get them appropriately developed is. So the elements that you just described sound awfully familiar for those of us who are golf fans. How does golf fit in to your goal, uh, considering the emotions and, and reacting to things that are happening in front of you? Yeah. So that's, Sorry, that's that's the, the, the big, wonderful question. And I think that was the piece. Uh, you know, I, I've got to talk a little bit about last year, uh, Adam, if that's OK, just in terms sure, of please. what really drove me to make this decision and how, you know, life as the great grandson of Bobby Jones and, and you know, kind of how I, you know, have always been, you know, humble to that. We've been learned to really respect it. It's a very protected 
piece to our family and our family actually makes all decisions for it, uh, Bobby Jones intellectual property. Um, but, uh, you know, if you go back to that, that Evander time frame and the, uh, the real weird irony to all this, and if you can take yourself back to last April and think about the uncertainty, we were fully shut down uh, last April. I mean, schools were down, businesses were down. Um, and there was so much uncertainty about what this virus was going to do, how contagious it was. Mm. And I have this uh, a business partner is one of my uh, investors and very, very dear friend of mine. Uh, uh, and he's a he's a West Point grad. He's just this machine when it comes to being able to create business, the entrepreneur that we all want to be. He built up a business, sold it to IBM. Uh, starting his next business with his dad, which was really neat. His dad had a, a engineering technology that they now have uh, generated to uh, to help with electric motor uh, advancement. Um, but Brad, uh, unfortunately, uh, April seventeenth of last year, um, and I, you know, this is the the positive and the negative of social media. I found mm -hmm. out through social media. Uh, but his son um, had tragically passed away on April 17th, mm. and I did not know anything about it. And then what I did see and what I did find out is that, yes, in fact, there was a tragic accident. And uh, it wasn't until a couple of days later that I talked to Brad and found out that Hayden, um, who was 12 years old, four days shy of his 13th birthday, um, took his own life. Um, that oh, wow. Friday afternoon, they had done some things as a family, a little family project earlier that day. And, uh, Hayden, uh, was a big gamer, big into Fortnite, but Hayden was a, I mean, he was a good student. They did not have history of mental health or anything. That's not to say that the, there's nothing there, but there was just nothing really to trigger the family to say, Hey, we need to, you know, seek help. Uh, but Hayden got mad at his video game and, um, he was playing Fortnite, and he threw his monitor yeah. or threw his remote control against his monitor. He had just gotten this monitor because he had done this before. So as parents, they did the right thing. They said, you don't get another one until uh, you do X, Y, and Z and earn back this next one. So right. I think what you can imagine as a 12-year-old, you're up there playing, you break that monitor, mm -hmm. you're in big trouble. Right. Rather than having emotional intelligence or the emotional development to understand, I'm going to get a pretty big, uh, I'm sure, punishment from the parents on this. Um, Hayden reacted in a way that, unfortunately, too many kids are now reacting. And uh, again, four days shy of his 13th birthday. And this just absolutely, it rocked all of our worlds. But again, what was so weird was we were working on Unite for our fight and we were hearing people say, we're gonna see a big increase in mental issues with kids, anxiety, depression, suicide. You got parents that are losing jobs left and right and the kids are home at school, no social life, no sports, watch out. And we ended right. up being literally ground zero. So um, the really interesting piece to this, to, to shorten the, the this part of the story, Brad and the process of mourning uh, opened up his Facebook live one morning, four days after he buried his son and he just started talking and he talked for 21 minutes. Um, in the first couple minutes of that, he said, COVID killed my son, but not the way you think. And then he just went into uh, a 
father's morning, but processing, trying to process what did they do wrong? And is there anything wrong with the shutdown? So right. 21 minutes and he sends it out uh, and he calls me two days later. He said, man, this thing's gone viral. Uh, have you seen it? And I said, no. And I looked and it's up to 175,000 views. And I was like, oh my gosh. It's oh, like, wow. Brad, you're resonating with people on this story. Look at the comments and this is unbelievable. And another guy, Brooks Gibbs, pick, who's a PhD, picks it up, takes the video down to 11 minutes, captions the video, and he sends it out. We pick hmm. it up. We put it on a Vander Holyfield site or uh, his social media page. And so that goes out. And to date, that video has been seen over 150 million times. Oh, wow. And and it just hit. And so I just started going, I cannot sit back and let another situation like that happen. Brad's not sitting back letting this happen. I've got to do something. And so when I started reflecting on it and I started thinking back, there's two sides to Bobby Jones. Let's get to the Bobby Jones piece to this now. But there's two sides to it. The golfing right, yeah. story of Bobby Jones is unbelievable. But the intellect of Bobby Jones is equally fascinating. His uh, intelligence, everything he wrote about really dealt with the mental aspect of not just the game of golf, but life. And he put the two together. Um, and so he reflected on golf as, as walking through life. And I started thinking about that. And I was like, you know, all right. You have this ability to tell his story, which is an incredible thing to do for the legacy and to really future or, or bring Bobby Jones' name back into the present and take it into the future. But you also have a community that breeds business leaders that a lot of people, especially in the family realm, enjoy and play the game. Mm -hmm. All right, I'm bringing my megaphone out and I'm going after golf. And if I can get the golf community to understand that their household is as equally as important as my message to the entire country or world or whatever, we're getting somewhere. So we started putting the idea together. And this year and actually just a couple of weeks ago, we officially launched the Generation Next project. Uh, we've got a lot of golf tied into it. But more importantly, what I want to see is the golf community really kind of embrace this and go, Yes, this is kids that are at the country club or the kids that are at the driving range, the parents. This is all of our problem right now, and it's a big one. Yeah, I, I think that is a very important background as well as, you know, timeline, so to speak, leading up to now and the launch of the Generation Next project. You know, it's it's interesting. I couldn't help but think so many thoughts when you were when you were describing that story. And when I go out and watch junior golfers play the game to your most uh, recent point, I see different types of ways that parents are interacting with their junior golfers. And mm -hmm. in some ways it can be a matter of, you know, everything this person does is great versus everything that this person does, maybe a different way to handle that situation. A quick story for you. I was at a driving range nearby and, um, uh, just so happens that a uh, young man, uh, I think he was nine years old. He was nine years old because I come to learn that he is the number one ranked nine-year-old in the in the world. And he's hitting balls. And I was just at Cog Hill, uh, which I live near. And 
his parents, regardless of what he did. Now, this kid was hitting the ball pretty, pretty darn well. So let's just give him credit where credit's due. But everything that he did, his parents were giving him very positive feedback. And when he would hit a poor shot, they would ask, okay, why did that happen? And so what I didn't see, and I'm wondering, and my, my point in this is, I didn't see that young man reacting in a overly negative way. I didn't see him throwing his club or anything like that. Things that I myself have been guilty of many times, I'm sure. But it's <laughs> I a, never it's, have, I promise. <laughs> it's a matter of that emotional intelligence, that reaction to things that I think, you know, kudos to that young man's parents for, for raising him in such a way that he understands sure. he can think through problems that he's, he's presenting. Um, and unfortunately, like the, the tragic story that you shared with your friend, sometimes there's elements where, you know, these kids need that level of support. So it, it definitely, uh, the, the story you gave and the parallel with golf definitely rings true to me. It does. And you think back to and I, I, one of my one of the more common quotes that Bobby Jones uh, had, but one of the most important ones relative to this is golf is the closest game to the game we call life. You get bad breaks mm -hmm. from good shots. You get good breaks from bad shots, but you have to play the ball where it lies. Mm -hmm. And, you know, the, to, that is an, that is a timeless uh, perspective of life where again, Bobby Jones is, is, and always was just so conscious of what was happening off the golf course. He, you know, he had a lot of hard, uh, mental, uh, you know, uh, dealings with competitive golf. He talked openly about that, um, the amount of anxiety and everything that that generated. And then we talk about the lean years and then, uh, pre 1923 with his career. And, uh, and, and again, some people know the story, but, uh, there was a big turning point with Bobby Jones because Bobby Jones as a junior, um, uh, had a terrible temper, an awful temper. He had, uh, he, you know, could say any word that could possibly be thought of, uh, he could throw anything that could possibly be thrown. Um, and he has some wonderful quotes about, uh, handling emotion when you have a golf club in your hand. Mm -hmm. Um, but he had a moment in a tournament where he threw a golf club in anger and it hit a woman's leg that was in the gallery uh, off to his side and split her leg wide open and oh, wow. um, a, a terrible situation. And the USGA um, sent him a letter and said, you know, this cannot happen, will not happen, or you will not play golf. And it hit him so much. He was so embarrassed by it all that um, he made the conscious decision or however this works, because you can't just turn anger off. You know that I know that. Right. But he, from that point on, he he told himself, don't show emotion on the golf course. Don't be overly cocky or happy when you do something good and don't get mad when you do something bad. Go back to that quote. You have to play the ball where it lies. You have to be ready for your next shot. Your next shot is the most important uh, piece for you to be thinking about. And you think about that with life, too. So make no, you cannot call this coincidence mm -hmm. that from 1923, after that incident, the year after that incident to 1930, he rocked out 13 majors. Right. I mean, um, that's, that just says so much right there. Yeah. Yeah. That is, that is a very well stated point. The, the generation next project you mentioned has just, um, launched and it is moving forward. And obviously there are partnerships. You're not going this alone. 
And so right. you've got a number of partners such as the AJGA uh, Leadership Links, Dream Tank, and Positivity Project. What what does that mean to have those in, uh, those organizations in your corner? It was the only way I could think to get it started. Um, the way I looked at it when I, when I really had serious thoughts about doing this and changing really my, my life and, and career path and thoughts to, to put focus on this for the next few years uh, was, well, if I start from scratch, I'm going to spend a couple years raising money, finding out what our solution, proprietary solution will be. And this is something, especially with the pandemic and us kind of, we hope, you know, really kind of evolving out of this pandemic. But don't let that fool you that that doesn't mean that all of the damage that could have and likely has happened with the isolation for our kids is going to rear its head here for the next couple of years. And I was like, so I can't just be creating while that's happening. And just through the process from Evander to uh, uh, just networking, I came across those three organizations. And what I saw uh, in selecting who do I want to partner with, Positivity Project, um, that was my way to get into the school, right? Mm -hmm. So Positivity Project is an extracurricular uh, class that uh, a teacher can take, but you can do it online. But schools have to pay for it. And that's the reason, you know, they're at 700 schools, which is fantastic. I mean, that's right. an incredible number. I can make that number higher if the school does not have to pay for it. Mm-hmm. So that was where I was like, okay, there's there's how I can impact education. And then Dream Tank is on the opposite end of it where it's showing kids, if you educate, if you uh, can sus- sustain this weird, like you said, this really challenging life right now. Um, and you can keep yourself motivated to chase your dreams, we will put you in a network, a worldwide network to work with others, to work with other people, or I'll say other kids. Mm-hmm. And if you have something that is uh, being created, meaning like a product or a service or whatever, Dream Tank's going to invest in you to make that a reality. They have 11-year-old who created a sunscreen that was safe for coral reefs. Oh, wow. And she's about to go to market. So I looked at that and went, there's the other side. And then then I go back to the golf routes and I look at the AJGA and the Leadership Links program, which is designed to say to their membership and say, because uh, all those members, those are the, the country's best golfers. Right. So name a PGA player that was born U.S. They went through the, 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 the AJGA. But to sit there and one, they have already, they just create this, uh, this environment of character development, understanding the importance of rules and why rules are there. But then the Leadership Links program was, if you are passionate about something, if you have a cause and you raise money for the cause, we'll give you the website, we'll give you the tools, we'll give you everything you need, go raise money. 50% goes to the AJGA, 50% goes to uh, the cause that you have raised money for. And I looked at that and went, that to me was just so powerful to see them taking the golf community and telling them, reach down to pull other people up because that's one of the best human characteristics you can have. And that is emotional intelligence at its finest. Mm. So there I was, I was like, I've got golf, I've got education and I've got the future. I can get started. I can make an impact tomorrow with the first dollar that is donated 
rather than spending two, three years trying to build it up. So those are the partners that we have right now. Obviously, we'll look at others as well, but they are um, phenomenal organizations that are doing the right thing. And so I just want to help them out. Once again, listeners, that's Mr. Robert Jones Black. He is of the Generation Next Project. You just heard a lot about the partners that he is currently working with. Their website is generationnextproject.org. Robert, I'm sure we could talk for hours on this, but how can people get more involved with the project? Well, we're building out a few things and we'll have a couple of, I would say, statements coming out in the next couple of months as we really get geared in. Parents, the number one thing right now um, is... It's just become conscious. Look at, listen and look at your kids a little bit more and be aware of what they're doing. So that's the first thing that I ask is just do that. Uh, they can come in and volunteer. We're going to have some ways for them to volunteer where Generation Next Project will partner up with each one of those three. And then uh, the other one that we are going to really build out is a junior ambassador program uh, where we want kids to be involved with this charity. We want them to have an input, a lot like how Dream Tank does. And uh, and I, I love telling the golf community that uh, my first selection of that was a junior that I met playing in a junior AM uh, AJGA tournament. Uh, uh, his name is Jason Duff. I think he's a soft, going into a sophomore year at North Florida. And Jason, just from day one, the day I met him on that golf course, we stayed in touch. I stayed in touch with his dad because this this kid just had something that I was like, he's a different, um, just different programmed than some of the others around where I felt like his character and his attention to character was so profound. He is junior ambassador number one, but we definitely want to create a robust program where kids can participate in this and give us a voice from the trenches of what it is like and what things are bothering them so that we can make the best efforts to, to help fix it. Golfers, I know there's a lot of you listening to this that want to help. So once again, it's generationnextproject.org. Keep your eyes peeled too. As Robert just mentioned, there's going to be more information coming soon. Uh, we've all known those people and we've been feeling it ourselves, folks, especially in recent times where these all these constant negativity in the media as well as, you know, just pretty much everyday life. Now is the time to make a difference. And I think this is a great way that you can get involved. Robert, let's keep in touch because let us know how we can help you moving forward as well. Absolutely, Adam. Thank you so much for having me on and let me tell the story and I will absolutely stay in touch with you.